The Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. February has been a difficult month for Donegal on and off the pitch. Whatever about the battle to survive in Division 1, the uncertainty around the county's academy at the moment seems to be the bigger worry right now. The recent departures of Carl Lacey, followed by a plethora of county coaches, leaves a bottom line of turbulence. So why is this happening? Our Donegal GAA podcast team will attempt to answer. Plus, we've come because we've heard about the harps. That's a famous phrase down Cache and Gurchin Way. Eastern Harps GAA Club in Sligo is 50 years old this year. We joined the birthday celebrations which began in earnest last night. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan and to get in touch it's 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and text. Sport at oceanfm.ie is the email address and you can find us on Twitter at oceanfmsport. So coming up, Linda and Ross Donovan, Kate O'Neill, Sean Scott, Seamus Hannan, Paul Taylor and some of the girls and boys Saturday morning footballers of the future on a lifetime with Eastern Harps. The club launched its birthday its programme of birthday events to mark 50 years last night and it also published the new strategic plan for the Harps to help kickstart the next 50. We got our first look too at the new floodlights at Father Kevin Brehany Memorial Park last night. You can see them from outer space. We'll get a sense of all things Harps later in the programme. But we're going to begin with basketball because there is a bus winding its way this evening from Dublin back to Carrick in Donegal and it's carrying the Coloshtina Carriga girls under 16 basketball team and with them is an All-Ireland title. They won it today at the National Basketball Arena in Tala with a 44 points to 36 win over Coloshtina Dunanri from Cavan. I think almost the entire school were courtside for the final. Wasn't much schoolwork done today in Carrick, one suspects. But let's hear more about this momentous win for the school from Simon Waugh, who's an English teacher at Coloshtina and Carriga by day, but also the new All-Ireland champions head coach. It's a fantastic feeling. It's a long time coming. Um, but so happy for the team. Like the girls work so, so hard. They're fantastic players. And just so happy for them to... Just to see your players you know, rushing to hug each other, they're all over. It's just a great, great moment. Um, but they want the best moments. They're really proud sporting history for the really proud sporting tradition for the school. So it's overwhelming. It's just, I don't have the words for it. What should we know about this group of players who seem to have worked so hard to get to this point, All Ireland champions? Um, they're a great group of players, fantastic group of players. Um, last year, we had a brilliant season. Our senior under 16s and our first years all got all Ireland's bronze medals but our second years last year we lost an All-Ireland quarter-final one time we were the only team in the school not to get an All-Ireland bronze not to get an All-Ireland bronze medal so then this year um, we were looking to go two steps better and we did that like, um, our quarter-final semi-final played the same day two weeks ago so we beat uh, Cologne from Kerry and Wilkins Hospital from West Reed. Um and just the, the way the girls dug deep it was just so impressive and they've been like that all season long and then today, um, we started a little bit slow. We were playing good basketball. We were losing 10-6 at the end of the first quarter. But the second quarter, we really kicked in. Like the girls had a fantastic four-court press going on. They just worked so hard for each other all over the courts. 
ran the bench a little bit. The girls came on made a huge impact as well. And but yeah, by half time we were kind of in control of the game. But um, no, I'm so so proud of the girls. They an incredible team yesterday. How popular is basketball in the school? It's popular. I think um, we were we were in the All Ireland final back in 2011 with the senior team, and that team that was the fourth national medal. So I'm just thinking like, in the last 15 years we've had 10 national medals. Um, the boys tend to play football, the girls play basketball, but we have the backing of the car basketball club, and that just can't be overstated to the success of the school. Without the local club there, um, we're we're nothing in the school. So we're just so fortunate to have their backing and. You know, the youth of the Ashland and the Mockdown in our gym and yeah, just the whole community because I support students in Carrick and we're so fortunate to have all that support. And you're on your way home from Dublin with the All-Ireland title. I imagine there'll be quite the celebration in Carrick later on. I think so. I mean, we've done this before with football teams. You know, Noah Ward, Paddy Bollock, Arsenal, how bringing teams back in the past? Um, so it's lovely to see the girls getting this experience. We still talk about it, it's true, about um, an under 16 D title a number of years back, 20 odd years back bonfires that kind of stuff so it's great to be getting our turn at it really looking forward to getting back up the girls are all on the high obviously um, yeah there's, there'll be celebrations we'll be back in Ashton tomorrow morning the first and second years we've happened to the door so you know we're kind of back to normal life again tomorrow morning but great to playing games once more tomorrow morning as well yeah, no rest for the basketball coach and English teacher. That's Simon Wall, coach to the Colossian Agarica girls under-16 basketball team who lifted the All-Ireland Sea League title today in impressive fashion in Dublin. And I know lots of parents and family connections wondering about the homecoming arrangements tonight. They've left Cavan a short while ago and we're reliably informed that the team will be getting a Garda escort at around about half past nine from Donegal Town and they'll be going through Kilcar, etc. We reckon they're due in to Carrick and they'll be at the school at around about 20 past ten tonight if you want to get the flags out and give them that big welcome home. We gather it's the first school All-Ireland homecoming in 28 years, so a special occasion tonight for Colosh de after that basketball success in Dublin. Our congrats to all concerned. Well, February has been a tough month for Donegal GAA on and off the pitch, despite beating Kerry at the tail end of January in the National League. Two defeats later, the team are at the foot of Division 1. The departures earlier this month of Carl Lacey from the Donegal GAA Academy, followed by a host of county coaches, has sparked real concern about what's going on when it comes to nurturing and developing the next wave of football talent for Donegal. Three weeks on from Lacey, Lacey's departure, there's been no public comment yet from the Donegal County Board. So why is all this happening and why now? Well, the latest edition of the Donegal GAA podcast is out this evening and we're going to play you an extract from it now. Here are Paddy McGill and Conor Breslin in conversation with Alan Foley, who's sports editor with the Donegal Democrat. We don't know what's going on, apart from the tidbits we get here and there. There's nothing on the record. Like I just find it amusing where, as you said, you know, Karen has gone the guts of three weeks ago. No statement. You know, I do believe they are going to comment in the next week or two, but at the minute there's still nothing. And yet on Sunday morning at 25 past 11, we get a tweet saying that Patrick McBurdy is undergoing a fitness test ahead of a quarter to two throw in against Monaghan when the guy was clearly injured. Like, we're trying to play silly buggers here with Benny Corey. He threw Jack McCarran on the team. Conor McManus came back. Sean Jones came off the bench and they scored 111. So, like, who was laughing then? Um, as I said, it's the communication here that is 
proving problematic. Um, as you said, like Connor said there, I, I met with Carolyn on that story about the academy, as I was encouraged to do by county board officials. I didn't do it because they asked, but when we were ringing, annoying them last year about Declan Bonner and what's the future or who's taking over, we were told to do a good news story for change. You do the good news story, the work is absolutely amazing. Couldn't believe it, how good it was, basically. And just thought, you know what, at least we have this in our locker. And the fact now it is where it's at, it's basically depressing. There's no doubt about that. Like, I don't know, like, I just think the line of communication is absolutely key because, again, there's that we're devoid of actual facts. And, you know, I would prefer if people, and if people are critical, and like somebody said to me there not so long ago, like, a friend, well, you're very pro academy and that. I'm actually, no, I'm, I'm pro the future of Donegal football, to be honest. I'm a Donegal supporter and there's no propaganda here. It's just my own opinion. I don't really have a problem with anybody that's anti academy once they're putting up, you know, and obviously people will say to you, getting a lot. I've never, just actually to give you a bit of context, lads, doing the podcast, was it five, six years? I'm not sure, five maybe. I've never, ever got more messages from concerned supporters and i actually mean that for me and people say oh you're being sensationalist now for the sake of it i honestly think that this is the biggest story in Donegal ga in my lifetime and okay you say well i'm not including 92 because i was too young for it but 2012 but apart from maybe winning the all ireland this for me is the biggest story because this is not two points you're losing this is not this is not a last-minute goal that you've given away or a bad kick-out or a missed penalty to lose a big game. This is ripping up your entire... Uh, this is for posterity. It's a nice history word for you there, Connor, that we use when we're uh, talking about World War or something like that. But we're talking about the future generations here of Donegal. And even if you're anti-academy and you don't think there should be an academy, right? And that's fine. Say you say, not to cost too much, we shouldn't have an academy. Let's pretend you were that person. You were Joe Bloggs in the corner. That doesn't really matter. Because, and that's fine, you're absolutely entitled to that opinion, right? If you make good arguments for that. But here's the problem with that. The problem with that is you have a chasm between people, coaches, officials, admins, and that is not good for the future. It takes a lot of count. It takes counties a long, long time to recover from that, Alan. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it was only in October that... You know, convoy the Donegal GA Centre was opened. That day, Kieran McLaughlin, the Ulster Council President, was there. Uh, he finished off by saying, "When the GA gets together and tries to do things, it does them brilliantly well." Now, this is basically the opposite of that. Like, I understand how you just saying people are pro and anti and saying it costs too much money. Like these figures were agreed two years ago. These figures, like this expenditure, did not just happen. You know, it didn't come to light in December. The figures were agreed and it was still under budget is my understanding of the situation. And I just think, you know, we lost a really good man, a possible Donegal senior manager in the mid-90s. And like this time, 10 years ago, Donegal were reigning Ireland champions. Like we were all there. We had great days. Like they brought happiness to the county. Paul Durkin was now involved with Sligo. Listen, these are different case by case. I'm not blaming anybody here, but it's just to show where they're at. Paddy McGrath, to the best of my knowledge, was not attached to anything regarding this. Neil McGee, after he retired, was encouraged by the county chairman to get on board with the academy. Eamon is currently with the under-20s, but as Connor said the, earlier there, the, 
the under 17s and under 20s are just you know plowing on to respect the competitions they're involved in. Uh, Anthony Thompson is involved at home in Neve Connell. Carl Lacey is now gone, and Frank McLean was one of his coaches gone. Rory Cavan in the autumn was favoured to become the manager. He's now staying with St. Junins. Neil Gallagher is on attached. Ryan Bradley out of the country. Leo McLean and Colin McFadden are both under 20s, although Colin is involved with Sligo. You have Patrick McBurdy, who is the one guy still playing, who is now injured, the current county captain. And um, if you look through the list, then as well, Michael Murphy obviously retired. Then Jimmy Guinness is involved with Down, we hear. Rory Gallagher is the manager of Derry, the Ulster champions. Michael Boyle is coach in London. And the other four lads who played on the All Ireland final in 2012, David Walsh, Martin Michael Henney, Christy Toy, and Dermot Malloy, are not involved either. And like, is this all coincidence? I don't know. Like, we had some, we have some great men here, lads that took us, you know, to the to the top of the sport. And just like, why is this happening? That's what I want to know. And where's the way back, Alan? Where, where, where's the way back? Because people have spoken about Carl. Obviously, Carl's at the forefront of this because he's head of the academy. Okay, the, the the light is going to shine on him. Where is there a way back in, in relationship building? Because if you're telling the county board and your coaches are saying to a county board that we've lost confidence in you, I mean, we're, we were talking about perhaps a, a future Donegal manager here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like there was even rumours, you know, with some of the tickets that were bandied around in terms of management, you know, last September, October, that Karen would be part of that. Um, I don't know, I just find it amusing that we've lost all these good people. Um, I said to you before in the show, Paddy, you know, we just you can't just turn up and think you're going to win anymore or, you know, that things aren't down to chance. You can see already that the likes of Tyrone and Derry are streaming away at schools level here in Ulster. Uh, we've done very well to kind of even keep a, a grip of it. Like, like, we're not basically football aficionados. Like, we are not top table. You know, 1972 was our first Ulster. By then, Cavan had 138. So for us to get to 10 Ulster finals in 12 years, like really is a golden generation. Maybe we're a little bit spoiled and we might take a little bit of time, you know, to realise that and realise what a golden period it was because at the minute we look quite a way off an Ulster final. But it, do, it yeah. is of its time. But, uh, I mean, like I know people will have an argument against the academy and I do know their reasons behind it. I wouldn't be one to agree with it. Now, I, I think you do have to move with your time if it, co- if it comes to spending money that you didn't spend 10 years ago, then so be it. I mean, I was just looking at the facts there from December. You look at the All-Ireland Champions in Kerry uh, last season's budget was 700,000 and for 2022 they spent 1,440,000 and when they were commented on it their secretary Tom Keane said well there's no limit to the amount you have to spend when it comes to on-field success so I think Donegal just have to get to that level now obviously Donegal may not be as financially well off in K because they did make a loss but I, I was also, when I was doing my research in it, I was looking at the academy levels and, and the success that it had to bring, Alan. And I went focused on Galway. Paddy, you might know an awful lot about Galway living down there. But they brought the academy in about 15, 20 years ago into Galway Hurland because they felt that, right, the skill was all always there, but it was right about getting the right conditioning, the right awareness on the field. And they bore the brunt of it in that they got all the success. I think they won four All-Ireland Minor 
championships in a row in hurling in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and lost the 2021 All-Ireland Minor Final. So clearly these academies are working. Why people don't want to get behind it is 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 bizarre to me. Well, the thing about that, Connor, is like Galway at the time got their best men <clears throat> involved, excuse me, and they built from there. You know, they felt they were in a stage where the only way was up. The danger with us is we're fallen and we have now lost, you know, over 40 of our best people in those positions. You know, if they're not going to go back, you know, where do we go from here? Do we just try and reel in another 40, 40 people? Like the, the team that Carl had and Carl himself were top class. And this county, you know, in the northwest of Ireland, we have three League of Ireland clubs, you know, in an area that's not very well populated between Derry, Sligo and Finn Harps. There might be guys that's 14 years of age now thinking, you know, will I sit around and wait? What's going to happen with this academy? Or if Derry City come knocking, they're going to say, OK, lads, good luck. It's the same with the coaches, you know, like the, he has the creme de la creme of coaches. So if there's a guy coaching in the academy now who's sitting at a loose end, what if his club says to him, come on, let's take over the 14s here, you know, you've done great work, whatever. That could be him gone forever. The word on the street is that there's already lads that have moved already. I cannot get my head around people. Like, oh, OK, there's the cost thing, right? I can't get over people saying we don't need an academy. I, I actually categorically think when I look around, we're in a province of Ulster where six of the counties have a school system that's absolutely conducive to, we don't have that. Donegal is huge, first of all. Geograph it's geographically disadvantaged. That's not just from an external point of view, but in Donegal, you have all these regions. You have south, you know, the deep south, you have southwest, east, Inishon, northwest, and so on. For those anti-academy, we've been to one minor all-Ireland final in our history. Now, people turn around to and go, football's bad since 2012. We've actually been as successful even in the club scene since 2012. Maybe the style of football is different, not the standard. Been to one minor All-Ireland final. I think 18 counties have actually won it. We have not got a school structure that's conducive, as opposed to a coaching structure, in that you go to your local school. I went to Glenties, right? Letcher McAward people, Glenties and Ardra people, by and large, went to Glenties and went to the comp. The teachers, the coaches came from the comp. There's not big resources put in like you would have in, you know, schools in Kerry, uh, Galway, Jarlett, St. Brendan's, Kerry, where there's seven, eight clubs. St. Brendan's won the club, all, uh, sorry, the Hogan Cup there a couple of years ago. You've Killarney Legion, you've Crokes, Spa, Listry, Glenfesk, you know, and there's a couple of more clubs. Um, the Furries Club, I think, is not, uh, there's Jarlett's, their success was built off, you know, uh, that 9801 team. You know, the likes of John Harn will tell you there, he 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 was boarding down there and hurling. You look at Kieran's Kilkenny, Flannan's Clare, Dillasau were very successful. Limerick, not so much. And then they brought in Academy. Okay, our scholar East was strong. Our skill school structure is not we need because Donegal's so big, it's so spread out. I remember the day Fergal Hina and our draw was telling me they'd rock up in the nineties underage training and you know. You don't even know the lads from club and that, and he'd say you just you'd be told a couple of weeks to go to these trials and that. I think of all the counties, we need an academy. We need a central body that's running the whole thing. Um, this elitist thing is another one that's really bugging me. Like, like who are you having? Like, are people having a laugh at this? Like, there's this thing. Okay, clubs have county players. The county players maybe I know I'm digressing a little bit. The county players do miss a lot of the season. I get that. Clubs benefit from having leaders in their team. Clubs benefit from having county players. Are you telling me that Neve Connell did not benefit from having Anthony Thompson, Leo McLoon, Brick and Marty? Are you telling me they're not benefiting now 
moving Jack McKelvey, okay, Ethan O'Donnell's gone, Owen McGettigan's injured, they're going to Kieran Thompson. Kieran Thompson goes back to play for Glenties. Kieran Thompson is the absolute alpha male in that team. He's the leader. He's the man that comes up with the big scores. Like we've had people in this podcast, we've had different types of people. We've had total club people. We've had county boys who played club and have coaches, managers. And obviously there's a crossover in them all. One thing they all agree on, having county boys is a good thing. So this academy, if you've got young lads, like you can't, as Eddie O'Sullivan said many moons ago, you can't un- unring a bell. You can't stop hyper-capitalism in the GAA. Like, unfortunately, Louth, Louth have spent a fortune. Claire have spent a fortune. You can't just say, well, it costs us, we're not going this. Because if you lose two or three years now, you're going to lose about 15 or 20 years. That's my opinion. But the elitist thing, I, I can't buy that. And I mean, Alan, there would have been, there would have been, the door wouldn't have been closed, Alan, on anybody well, that, I imagine either. That, and the clubs would eventually benefited. And if young lads are now walking away, then the clubs are losing as well. So Alan, it has technically, it's trickled down to the clubs. And it's nice for a club to have county lads anyway. I know they're missing for a lot of the year. I understand that argument. But they're there still for the big championship days, Alan. Absolutely. Like, I spoke to Michael Murphy about the academy and like the, the, it was the last line, like the final word on it. And he said the Carl is educated in the area and the education is continuing. He's hungry for success for Donegal and for us to try and continue to develop players in a proper manner both for club and county. As you said, there was no exclusivist. Every single, you know, underage player would have been allowed, you know, to go their chance. It wasn't, you know, capped per area or capped per club or whatever. And they were told, like, no matter how it went, bring back those good habits to their clubs. This is the future we are talking of the county and uh, football. And somebody might go, that is absolute way over the top. I, I honestly, Alan, would you agree? Like, it's not, is it over the top, Alan? No, I wholeheartedly agree, uh, Paddy. Uh, I just think we're going to put ourselves in a situation if this isn't resolved, and then we're going to wonder why in five years' time we're playing Division Three football or whatever. Like, never be, never underestimate how fast a, a fall can take. You can fall a lot faster than you think. There's counties that have better traditions than us that have fallen a lot further. Like, even the last night, we're watching Liverpool Real Madrid. They played in the Champions League final at the end of the last season. But for maybe what the goalkeeper Courtois, Real won one nil close game. Look at Liverpool this year. You could say the the wheels have been get off the wagon a bit. They were hit for five at home. This is eighth month later. Like the chasm, the difference already is absolutely huge. And as I said, like there's a lot of counties who would have been dining at the top table a lot more than us that had to go the whole way down. Um, and there's no way that we're you know, it's going to be different from that. If, if things aren't done right, the fall will occur. I think uh, it was Sir Alex Ferguson who said empires collapse from within. I think the whole point of it, to just finish off from my point of view on the academy, is people can have their opinions on it. It's very, very different when the county board didn't make a statement on who the manager was going to be. Okay, I think that might be from the public's point of view, just nosiness to find out who the next Donegal manager is going to be. But when 35 coaches, let's say, and the head of the academy is walking away and not to issue a statement, it's it's really, really bottling it. So it is. And I just don't see the benefit of it. I don't see why you can't just put out a hundred words, one page. This is why, and and it it can turn the t- it could turn the tide very very easily to the other side. You know, maybe myself playing devil's ad- advocate for a minute, but we could look at it and go, 
well, there was really no reason for for thirty odd coaches to walk away there. But we don't know that, and we're just jumping to the conclusions. And the power is in the county board's hand. And I go back to this culture that's in the GAA. Well, we know it's wrong. We we know what we're doing isn't really right. But you know, for, forget about it. It'll be it'll be grand in a few weeks. It won't be grand in a few weeks when you, if this continues and you don't have coaches volunteering and you don't have an academy structure in place. I mean, an academy can only benefit your county GAA. I mean, it can only be a positive. People can have their say on elitism and egos. I think it can only be positive. It can only develop players better. It can only get them smarter on the field. And that there is a good thing. Yeah, and we're not fully privy to the finances thing. But again, that's for a little statement. Some people have yeah. messaged me on Twitter and they've said it's cost X amount a week. Look, there's a lot of figures doing doing the rounds. And yeah. Twitter, Facebook, so on, they, everything can, can be manipulated. You know what I mean? You can manipulate different things. So people are saying it's I like some text messages saying it costs us a week, it costs us a week. Tell us a statement saying yeah, but it costs too much, then it can be, then, then we can start having a different conversation, but we haven't got that statement. Sorry, Alan. But this was predetermined and signed off on, and like Carl's quote in that interview, I did, the desire for progress is still allowed for major savings to have been made on approved cross costs in the last 12 months. And like, that's all we can go on at the minute, yeah. because as Connor said, there has been nothing to counter that. Alan Foley of the Donegal Democrat, along with Paddy McGill and Conor Breslin, they were on this week's Donegal GA podcast. And if you want to listen to it in full, it's on oceanfm.ie right now, or look for Ocean FM Ireland wherever you normally get your podcasts. Well, next to Eastern Harps GA Club in Sligo, bit of a happier mood there. The club is 50 years young this year and to mark that milestone last night, Harps announced a series of celebration events for the season ahead to toast their half century. And they've also published the club's new strategic plan which aims to chart their path for the next 50 years. More on that shortly. But the season ahead will also see Harps wearing a new commemorative jersey for their 50th birthday. And on the back of it at the bottom is a famous club phrase... We've come because we heard about the Harps. The story behind that catch line comes from Kate O'Neill, who's a member of the Harps' 50th anniversary celebration committee. Back in 1993, my, my brother PJ had come home from the States and uh, he had a, a big banner with him uh, to do at a radio station, I believe. So um, when Harps got to the final in 1993, we, we wanted to have something that everybody would see up on up on the grassy bank at, at the back of the the goals there on the cemetery end. So at Markovich Park. At Markovich Park, yes. Um, now this is remember um, we we hadn't won a senior title since 1975, so this was a very big deal for the club. So um, my brother PJ and and uh, our neighbour Bernard Hunt and uh, a few more came up with the great idea that we would um, take the banner up to John Serla's signs in Monastraden and John would put a sign on it for us, sign write it for us. So we came up with the um, the logo, which was very apt at the time. Harp was a very popular drink. So they had a, an ad on television which said, we have come because we heard about the harp. So we added an S. Um, John Serla's um, spray painted this um, banner at night um, we brought it in a car uh, to the match. Um, three people held it at the at the bank at the back of the uh, cemetery in goal. So, wh- 
when the final whistle was blown and Harps had won their first title since 75, we climbed the fence at Markovich Park, which is not a low fence, I might add, and ran across the pitch with this banner um, and there are brilliant photographs of it. So when it came to the design of the jersey, we always knew we wanted to put the new clubhouse on the front of it, but we wanted something that was timeless on the back of it. So um, Brendan McHugh was, was, was brilliant in the design of the jersey here, our, a fellow clubman. So, um, Brendan and myself came up with the idea that we would put that back on the back of the jersey just to balance it and uh, I think it has turned out well so I hope I, everybody and anybody who buys the jersey um, will enjoy it and uh, yeah that's the story so Well a lot of people have heard about the Harps 50 years on at this stage Kate you were a member of the first Eastern Harps football team female I actually wasn't a member in 1993 because I, I was injured, but in, I, was, I played in 1994. So, so the ladies won the first title in 1993, the inaugural year of ladies football in the county. Um, and in 1994, uh, we met Shamrock Gales again in the final and Gales put manners on us that day in Markovich Park. So they got revenge. So um, unfortunately, no, I didn't, I didn't win in 93, but... In, I, I managed the ladies team then at a later time so we, we won it in 2001 and um, I, I had a great management team with me so I, I got a little bit of revenge in 2001 but I, mi I missed out on 93 but look that's life and that's football and um, those are the ups and downs that go with it. But your own football love affair with Eastern Harps it's been there throughout your life? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I remember my dad taking us to matches in Ballymote when, when, when Harps played their, their games in Ballymote pitch because we, we had no facility here in Cache. And, um, yeah, and, and I remember those days, um, good days, bad days, probably a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of great memories. A lot of people, you know, here tonight, lovely to see old faces and new faces. And, um, yeah, it's it's... Look, the first 50 years have flown by. It's hard to believe it's 50. Um, but as, as you can see from the, the, the clubhouse here tonight, our new lights, um, our strategic plan, which Sean Scott um, presented there tonight, um, brilliant presentation, very comprehensive. I think the future is bright for Harps. I mean, at the minute, um, we're competing in all grades and all ages, ladies and men. Um, we, we, you know, we, we haven't reached the dizzy heights that we did back in the in the 90s when we won three titles and the early 2000s when we won three senior men's titles. But it's not all about winning senior championships. It's about being inclusive. It's about being there for the community as a meeting place, a focal point. Um, so, as I say, look, the future looks bright and um, we're, we're very lucky that we have a lot of very dedicated people here within the club area. OK, this is Seamus Hannan chairperson of Eastern Harps GAA Club on the face of it Seamus 50 years doesn't feel that old but for you does it feel a lifetime? Yeah and I suppose 50 years ago a lot of us were just about born even if we were so you know for, for many people as uh, some of the speakers said here tonight it's not very long for others it's a long time but I think what's more importantly we've done a lot in the last 50 years this club started off from very small beginnings and it has grown and developed into the strong, vibrant uh, club that we have now with participation from, you know, ladies, men, boys and girls right across the ages. So we're delighted with what we have. While it might be young in terms of longevity, I do have an impression that Eastern Harps feels like one of the, the big clubs of Sligo. It, it, it seems to have that sort of presence in Sligo Gaelic Games. 
Yeah, and I suppose if you look at our tradition and look at what has happened down through the years, you know, we have been a very prominent club in the county. Um, two years after this club was formed, we won our first county championship. And since then, we've gone on to win many more championships. Um, and that's at both uh, men and women's level. And, you know, so, so we have done a lot. We have had a lot of success over that 50 years. And we're looking forward to a lot more success in the future. So two things really for Harps this year to celebrate your half century of existence. But this gathering tonight is very much about what the future might bring. Yeah, absolutely. It's about what the future would bring. And that's why we've used the opportunity you know, in our 50th year to launch our plan. We want to share it with the community. We want the wider community to see exactly what's going on in the club. Because, you know, there's a lot of people dis- semi-disconnected from what's happening within the club. So tonight is a great opportunity to, uh, to get our message out there and get community involvement, which is what it's all about. This club is more than about football. You know, it has a very strong community element in it. We have a very strong, healthy club. There's a lot of stuff going on outside of football, which you know brings people that you know don't have a direct interest in football or don't play the sport. There's there's other opportunities for them within the club, and that's what we uh, strive to do um, at all times is involve the entire community. We saw a map of the geography of Eastern Harps Football Club. You know the Cash area, the Gertrude area to Ballinafad. It's a vast expanse in terms of space, not necessarily in terms of population. Yeah, and we get plenty of slagging about that too. Um, we get lots of slagging from uh, within the county especially. But when you look at the area, it is, it is geography, we have a big area, but it is a sparsely enough populated area with not very many uh, population centres, uh, to say the word. But I think a lot of other clubs probably don't accept that. <laughs> what is your own personal ambition for Eastern Harps? Look, my personal ambition for Eastern Harps is to, we've come a long ways, uh, we have very fine facilities, and now we need to move it to the next level. And of course, on the field, our, our, um, our ambition is to get back, get back into senior championship and get back to what we've been used to, because this club has been used to success. We've been used to winning, and we've been used to being at the top. And that's my ambition for this club within the next few years. And we're getting there. We have a very strong underage uh, t- uh, teams coming up, Underage football is probably at its strongest that it's ever been within the club. So there is certainly hope and you know I don't think we're too far away from that. My name is Carmel Tahaney and I've been involved in the Healthy Club Committee here at Eastern Harps for the last number of years and I sat on the uh, 50th commemoration anniversary year um, to, do, to design what we would do for celebrations for the year ahead. What's the big attraction for you to be part of Eastern Harps? Um, I suppose my son started to play with Eastern Harps when he was only probably six, seven, and uh, I couldn't believe the enjoyment that we all got out of it. Like, I mean, the underage football is probably the best football that you can have, and you get the most enjoyment out of it. When you see your son play in senior football, you kind of start to hide and not want to go to football anymore. But I decided then, I had health issues earlier on, and um, when I got better, I said I must give back something. And somebody approached me then about the Healthy Club when it started off in 2013 and they told me they were taking me to Crow Park for a day out. But I should have known there was no such thing as free lunch. <laughs> and um, I became very involved then with the Healthy Club Committee. And uh, it's unbelievable what the Healthy Club has done for the wider community and particularly during the COVID times. Give us a sense of that because people think Eastern Harps, you think success on the pitch and trophies. But... There is this part of Eastern Harps Football Club around a healthy lifestyle for the community that seems to have taken off here in the last couple of years. 
Yeah, I suppose um, as the years have progressed, people have become more health conscious and more aware of uh, their keeping fish, and people are living longer and all of that. Yeah, and uh, in the beginning. Um, you know the way there was an awful emphasis on um, health and well-being and mental health and all of that and everybody has mental health so they have and how we look after our mental health is really important so looking after your mental health is about doing all of the right things in terms of eating right sleeping right taking exercise and all of those things contribute to your mental health now there is serious mental health and there is mental health that is kind of everybody has it and they have to deal with it everybody has problems everybody has issues at times but sometimes they need a little help some people will need more help and they will need a, a different setup but in terms of looking after yourself on a day-to-day basis it's important that you keep all those things the three things the three key things in terms of your head you're eating your sleeping and your exercise you're also helping with the 50th birthday celebrations this year for eastern harps tell us briefly about a lovely weekend you got planned in june yeah, the 23rd of June we're uh, uh, starting off with a ecumenical service here at the clubhouse and then we're going to have a kind of an armchair interview of people's experiences and involvements over the years, you know, done in a very light-hearted way with nice storytelling and all of that. And then we're going to um, repair to the Mayfly Inn in Balnafad for some, I suppose, more abandonment in, term, in terms of the storytelling there. And the following um, morning then, um, Eastern Harps Club was formed between the Gertrude area and the Keish area back in 1973. So we're going to have a memorial walk from um, Gertrude, where the Condon's Field in Gertrude, where it's now a nice pitch, but it was just a field in where people used to play football, down here to the clubhouse in Keish. And we're going to hopefully have the older people and some of the people that would have been here at the foundation of the club um, to start off the walk and that we might give them a rest and people will take over then the walk and we'll gather up more people along the way and uh, we'll have some refreshments here at the clubhouse when we get here then and then there's a fun day planned for the pitch for all age groups uh, a sporting fun day on the pitch My name is Owen And what age are you on? I am five My name is Tyg, I'm eight My name is Connor My name is Danny and I'm seven What's the best thing about playing with Eastern Harps, would you say? Playing football. My name is Susha and I play with the under-sevens. And she's here every Saturday morning, so she loves it. Yeah. What's the best thing about playing on Saturday mornings? Um, get lots of practice and it's very fun. My name is uh, Sean Scott. I'm the Planning Development Officer with Eastern Harps GA Club for a number of years. How timely is this strategic plan for the club now? I suppose it's very timely. Uh, our, we've really culminated our last plan in the last cu- couple of years ago, just before COVID, with the development of this clubhouse uh, that you're in here tonight. So I suppose it's, it was timely to, to close, close, close that off and move forward and, and see what the, next, uh, what the future holds in terms of future development for the club. We don't want to stand still. We want to keep walking. We want to keep running keep moving, keep the club moving forward and we have a number of exciting developments uh, that, we're, that we're pursuing at the moment uh, as outlined in our plan. It is a big undertaking, particularly in 2023. I know you have 50 years of experience, the club has, but the scale of, of work that's behind keeping a club going is pretty immense. Yeah, as I outlined there to the, to, to the attendance, the, the scale is absolutely incredible. Like to run a club now is almost like running a small corporate entity. Um, you're the cost of running a club, you're in six-figure sums and, and annual costs in a big, in a, in a 
you know, good sized club like ours. Uh, and then you're looking at trying to keep capital projects uh, funded. And you know, as I said in, in my talk there, if we don't do the work, we don't we don't access money from the centre, from the state, and and that money gets lost elsewhere, either in the county, but more more often than not elsewhere in the country. So, you know, it's a bottom up approach in the GA, and if the volunteers don't do the work. Uh, the facilities won't happen. It's as simple as that. As the club celebrates its 50th birthday, what would you say is Eastern Harp's greatest strength right now? I think the unity and purpose of the club is its, is its strength. Uh, as I outlined, we have a, a number of, of very hard-working committees within the club. We have a very strong executive, uh, focused executive on the back of a recent constitution that we've developed recently. So everyone ha- knows their role, knows their responsibilities. As I said, we, we outline, we've outlined terms of reference for every group within the club. So it's a, it's, it's a common purpose and we're excited about what we want to do. We know where we're going, we know what we want and uh, everyone is working the same goal and that's exciting. Well, this next person is well known as a councillor, but it's the football version of Paul Taylor I'm interested in right now because this is where you were reared. You're not quite 50 yet, maybe not too far away, but but I mean, this has been a lifetime for someone like you growing up with this club. Ah, yeah, sure. This is, I suppose this is me. Um, This is why I probably am where I am today and what you've mentioned uh, at the first way. I am a councillor. Football was very good to me. Uh, my club was very good to me. Eastern Harps was very good to me. But it was always my first love as, as a footballer and, and probably will always be that for me. Um, we great years out there on that pitch. It's great to see the new lights out there tonight. Um, there's a great new facility here. There's a great um, committee working here towards striving to make things better um, facility-wise and, I suppose, for, for playing-wise in the club. and. Um, for ladies and men's GA in this club but like you know we've, we've had super years here super years what is your earliest football memory with Harps I suppose I, I played at 8 years of age in, in an under 12 divisional final against Ballymote we lost <laughs> but even back then you were playing up even back then we were playing up um, and you know at that time we were that time we were, were put into the back of, uh, of of the van, maybe 10 or 12 of us, I probably shouldn't say that now, but we were, and brought to games and brought for an ice cream maybe after games and something like that then. But, you know, they were great days and that's where it all started. But I think the friendships um, that we made or I've made from an early age and still have them, I think that's the standout for me. Um, yes, the success was great, but the crack having it was, was, was unbelievable. And I think that stood just down through the years here in this club. Um, and you know if you see here tonight there's so many past players here um, everyone still gets on so well together everyone socialises together when the time comes and you know look at it it's, it's, it's great to see such a crowd here as well and w- one last thought I mean growing up you were wanting to play football and be out having the crack and playing the games and when you are a young fella you don't think so much about what your club means I gather at, at what age does that start to kick in at what stage in your life I think it only clicks in when you're not able to do it anymore to be honest, um, you know, you, you certainly learn to appreciate it more and, you know, you appreciate being able to play more coming later in years. Um, but certainly when you finish, I think that's, and when you're not able to do it anymore, that's when you look back and you think, well, you know, could have done some things differently. Should we have done some things differently? Um, but I certainly wouldn't have changed anything that we had around here. 
Uh, we probably underachieved a little bit. Some might say you're lucky to have what you have, and I, I think that's that's a fact. But probably underachieved a little bit, and that's probably one thing. But I, I wouldn't change anything, and I wouldn't definitely wouldn't change anything around here. And as I say, it's you know it's great to see yourself here and. Um, Sean Carroll and Raymond Carden and everybody here and you know there's people here from other clubs as well and we're looking forward to a good year off the field anyway hopefully we're looking forward to a good year on the field and you know hopefully there's more success in the future Historically this is a merger between Cash and Gertrude do the internal rivalries like that still still manifest themselves from time to time? No, not at all. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm I'm from the Gertrude side of things. I'm, I live between Gertrude and Monastraden. Um, but no, that is never an issue. Never has been an issue, as as far as I can see. We're we're you know we're we're very loyal to it, to the club, to our area where we come from. And just because you have a big um, catchment area geographically, doesn't translate always in that you're going to have a huge pop, p- playing population. So, um, as I say. Look, it's lovely to see people from the different regions, um, but no, it's never an issue, ne- never an issue. Um, and, and, and look, we had the red of Gertrude and the blue of Cache there on the back of the New Jersey. So that's a nod to the past and to the people who really came together back in the late 60s, early 70s, when there was huge rivalry and, you know, kept it going, you know, had knockbacks, but they got there. And then when the senior championships was won in 1975, I think that solidified the union, and it has it, 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 it it's it's gone up and up and up ever since. So look, no, it's never an issue. I'm Linda Donovan, and I'm the coaching officer here with Eastern Harps GA Club. Not the only Donovan coach in the club, which should be added. No, maybe uh, I I do call myself the number one Donovan coach in our house, but no, married to Ross, or Ross is married to me, as I do like to say, and uh, we've three kids. Uh, two of them are playing with the club and loving it, and little Rosie is coming along now at our nursery club at under five as well. So we're we're heavily involved in the club, both coaching and playing. And I suppose I've grown up with this club. It means the world to me. Um, we're just here talking tonight about the 50 years and our first uh, winning team in 1975 was captained by my father. So I suppose it's steeped in history in my house and um, my late father, I should say. And I suppose why I'm here and why I keep so involved, it's just to keep his memory alive as well. And it means so much to us. Indeed. And it is all about family. There aren't too many husband and wife coaching teams in GA clubs, or maybe there are. I don't know. I don't know too many in Sligo, but the husband is here, so we better bring him in. You've, you've mounted him well, Linda. But Ross Donovan, you're part of the furniture here, even though you're still a relatively young man. Um, what is your earliest memory of being around this place? Oh, Jenny. Uh, I suppose the underage when I came down was under 12s then. I don't know. Is there eights and tens? Um, but I suppose, yeah, definitely coming down. I'll tell you, the highlight for me was the game of pool and a mineral on the way home <laughs> at the, well, Fox is there. But uh, no, look, the training, um, we had the, the launch tonight of the 50th year. Um, a lot of the lads I started off with were here this evening, like, you know, like Paul McGovern was there, was chatting them for a long bit. Francis Cannon, I was talking, actually coached us, uh, not at under 12s now, but through some of those years, I think it was 16s or minor. Um, but to see all again still involved and it's like a big circle. You know, you, you stay on it long enough, you come back to the start and you go again, I think. Am I allowed to ask, can Eastern Harps take some of the credit for putting you two together? 
Uh, possibly, yes. We, we would have met maybe down here on Cage Pitch. You mentioned Paul McGarvin a few times. We got a lift home in the one pickup truck. Maybe that was the start of it all, was it, Ros? But uh, certainly no on the football matches and going and following each other and family and everything. We, we definitely were all involved. She obviously seen me play as well, Austin. <laughs> or he seen me play. <laughs> But uh, no, without a doubt, it means the world to us, this club. And I think you go back to Ross, your earliest memories, I'd say, Ross, if we look at our schools and the banter we still have, like Ross went to Colfada and I went to Cairn, and we always talk and joke, Ross feels Cairn was the best school in the club. We would maintain it was... uh, (laughs) Colfada I was now. I suppose it's so important and what Ross is doing now and what Eastern Harps has developed and going forward this club development officer role and being able to have Ross this year going into our schools you're looking at where does it start it's the kids it's in the schools and it's our club and that's what developed our kids into the adults and makes our community was it is what it is today as well so it's so important People talk Ross Donovan about their abiding memory of the COVID pandemic one of mine will be watching your online videos in the hall of your home where you were doing coaching, keeping the thing going. And, you know, I know, not not, not stretching from that, but a lot of people within this club are excited about what Eastern Harps is producing at underage level. Like, you know, messing aside, you're starting to see the fruits of your labours and coaches before your labours. Yeah, well, look, I think it's the labours of the club because, like, it's not just one coach or that. I suppose that was one thing we done, and I suppose it, it, it got a bit of banter and a bit of a bit of fun going. Um, the four-year-old at home still talks about that. Um, I think there were some of her best evenings. Um, but look, as a whole, it's 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 very hard to single anyone or any few people out to what goes on because, and, and Sean touched on it mighty there tonight. Um, it's the stuff off the pitch too. You know, we're using the dressing rooms. We're crying for lights for I don't know how long and now they're here but it was for stuff that half and I geez, I'm not being harsh on half the players that they don't realise what goes on off the pitch to put in place for them like and not an injustice to them or anything but we just don't think when we're there to play and train that's really all that goes through our minds I was there long enough I'm managing now oh my god the stuff we take for granted as, as players is unbelievable but all the work that goes like and even behind us here as we speak like there's people there you'll never see them down at a training session but my god they're they're involved with everything else that goes on in the club and, and it's immense like and Linda when you have people surrounded surrounding you who are as passionate about the club as, as you seem to be that makes it easier Oh, without a doubt, Austin and Ross touch on it there. We've committees and I suppose I sit on a lot of them, but it's just they're so passionate about driving this club forward and like Sean Scott, Seamus Hannan, Kate O'Neill, they're just a portion of them, but it's just what this club means to them and driving them on. Ross says the coaching and the football, what we do is just a tiny minute. We're looking at what we've been through the last few years, covid this club has been through tragedy our club has brought us through those tragedies down through the years we've come together as a community and I've always said it and we had an evening here a few weeks ago it's not always about the winning to me being here together and as a community is is what it's all about and we are winning by doing that so if by having this facility our five-year strategic plan I'm hoping it'll be a 50-year strategic plan it's keeping us all together as a community and all those driving forces behind it that's what it's all about. Linda Donovan and her coaching assistant Ross ending that report from Eastern Harps GAA Clubhouse and as Carmel Tahani signalled earlier the main 50th anniversary celebrations will take place on the weekend of June 23rd to 25th. A reminder this programme is available as a podcast on oceanfm.ie and wherever you get your pods we're back next week same time same place.